0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Engagement Zone on a very wet and windy morning in in, in the UK. So that could probably be any day of the year. Um, it's been a fun weekend for me. I bought my my wedding jacket that I'm going to be wearing in July. Uh, whether stupidly or cleverly, I have bought something a size too small to try and, send to, and send, get me get me to lose weight uh, in the next four months. So. Hopefully, I won't be needing the tailor come July to, to let, the, let the jacket out. Um, but to, to our to our podcast today, uh, it really excites me to have this guest. We've had a couple of, uh, we have to rearrange it a couple of times because of me and my loss of voice and technology reasons. But today, I'm very uh, happy to uh, welcome from Belgium, no less, uh, David Duchesne. Uh, how are you, David?
1: I'm fine. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good, thanks. And, and to to give some background to David, David has been a judge for us in the UK and European Awards for the past couple of years. He's had many, many years as a, a practitioner to help with HR and performance strategy in-house. Uh, in, in house. Uh, He's the owner of Otolith uh, uh, Consultancy, uh, and he curates the largest LinkedIn group in, in this space, uh, the Employee Experience and Engagement Group on LinkedIn. So if you're not a member of... And following there already, I would highly recommend to do so because some fantastic com- content that goes through that, including this podcast. So, so what's new for you, David?
1: What's new for me? Um,
0: yeah, what, what 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 what's been keeping you busy in 2020?
1: Yeah, I'm working a lot with uh, management teams, um, the board board teams, uh, on their strategy, and I focus on the human side of strategy in the sense that um, very often organizations have a clear plan clear vision on what they want to do and then yet they see that they don't get it through and that it doesn't work out and it often starts with uh, how strategies are conceived and how the human aspect of strategies is neglected uh, in the design of the strategy and so so i've been working a lot lately with management teams both on the design of their strategy, but also on the execution of it in terms of the human implementation.
0: Obviously, big fan of the fact we're trying to bring the more human side back into the workplace. Um, And it leads me to my first question, really. You you wrote a really interesting article. Um, It might seem a simple one, but strategy is so important. But why do we often so fail, uh, so often fail at, at the implementation piece of it?
1: Well, there's um, the first thing that we have to know is that strategies never fail. It's the people that do them, that think about them and do them that fail. And there's four reasons for that. And The, four, the first reason is that the target that is set is not very relevant for a lot of people or not very clear uh, to people, very often very numerical, very financial. Uh, but people are not driven by that. So that's the first reason. The second reason is actually an HR reason that people are not able or not willing um, to execute a strategy, and that's about engagement, for instance. The third reason is that you might have a strategy and the people to do it, but you don't have the context, the culture, the organization to do it, so you didn't adapt it to your strategy. And the fourth reason is uh, because leaders uh, do not... Support the execution of the strategy well enough. Uh, for many reasons, that can be the strategy design, but it can also be the leadership style that they employ. And, and then um, the thing is, if, if you have those four reasons, and the biggest problem with those four reasons is that there's a lack of consistency between what you want to do in terms of strategy and how you're going to do it. Um, you did not, as a, as an organization or as a, a leader, uh, implement enough support and changes to make it happen. You assume that uh, people will do it and that they'll be able to do that, but usually they're not. And so you underestimate the need for change and you underestimate the need for um, support that there is.
0: So are, are you able to implement a strategy if, if three of the four are in place? Or you know, how, how do you go about trying to address not making these mistakes?
1: Well, the more consistency you have, the better. Um, so of course you can try and move on with the strategy um, uh, with uh, a lot of things not clear or not managed, uh, but you know that strategy will become difficult. And so you will never have everything Uh, in place and consistent. You have legacy, you have history, you have limitations, you have budgetary uh, limitations, you have technology issues. So you you will never have the ideal situation. And the thing is to make it more consistent than before and to adapt what you have to what you need to do um, and to to make changes uh, as much as possible to support the strategy. I, I give you an example. There's a, there's an organization that had some um, financial challenges, and they've changed the structure uh, to reduce certain overhead costs, um, uh, including management costs. And so, um, but one of the consequences was that they uh, required from their leaders and their people uh, to become more um, self reliant and autonomous. Uh, take more ownership, and so on and so forth. But the culture of that organization was one of hierarchical decision-making, top-down, steering, controlling, and so on and so forth. And so they said, um, to become more agile in our uh, markets, we have to go through with this. And so they changed their structure, but they didn't change the culture, they didn't change the behavior, and there were a lot of procedures still in place. Uh, and so they expected, expected and expected, but nothing happened really. And so um, you saw that um, uh, strategy became difficult. Cooperation in the organization became difficult. There was too few people to continue with their culture in terms of top down, but they, still they tried to, and everyone looked up to less managers to take more decisions. And so it, they needed actually to to change certain things in their culture and the way they did. did things to become more more agile Um, and the first thing they've done was a mistake they copied spotify they 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 just said well let's take the methodologies uh the structures that spotify has you know with with chapters tribes and so on and so forth and we'll just implement that but that didn't work um because it was an artificial um transplantation of social technology that comes from another company and so it didn't work Um, so what we had to do is really start with management and change their behavior so that people saw that there were other behaviors required Uh, and then step by step we could change the way people worked with one another within the organization and um, and worked with the customers Um, so less I would say, control and, and permission, but more risk-taking and more uh, autonomy. But that's a very slow process. And so the strategy that they had in terms of their uh, market strategy, their agility and so on and so forth, had a lot of delays because of the fact they uh, um, they, they underestimated what they needed to change. Uh, sometimes it's better to adapt your strategy to your culture than it is to adapt your st- culture to your strategy, we we make too much assumptions about what people are willing and able to do without going through the whole exercise.
0: I was, getting, I was trying to work out: did, was this was this a strategy that came through from uh, from the top, um, just because of market conditions? They needed to make a change financially, so they thought they would they would just rip up the rip up the way the business works to fit financials
1: yeah it came it came from the top uh, and that's often the case that it comes from the top at least the inspiration and um, the question is always how far um, is a strategy also already predetermined uh, and very often you get financial objectives and some people think that's the strategy we're going to grow with so much percentage uh, but that's not a strategy. It's it's somewhere a target setting process, which comes from shareholders or 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 whomever who can have that influence, uh, and these targets are dropped down. And that's the first failure or first mistake that that you don't translate the financial targets into something that is meaningful for people, um, and you expect people to adapt their behavior uh, to whatever. Uh, you have set as a target and maybe have already implemented, for instance, that company was in terms of structure. They, they changed some structure and they uh, um, uh, integrated some, some methodologies and they thought now everything will change and we'll be able to make this organization function in a lighter way uh, with less overhead and so on
0: and so forth. Uh, it didn't work so this this does sound like the actual quintessential between a rock and a hard place if if you're there having to be one of the people to deliver the strategy that's come from from on high um is is there anything that people can do hr directors or people in in these in these positions have to roll out this strategy even if they know it's it's probably not going to work
1: well very often strategy is a dead document it's a document that has been drafted with a lot of people on higher levels uh, with consultants and so on and so forth and then the, the document is dropped into the organization and say this is our strategy and there's some road shows um, going on um, and 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 people have to adapt to that very often people um, do not understand it or don't want to do it and so on and so forth so when you design a strategy it is better to take immediately into consideration the um, those human elements of execution um, even if you know that uh, you would have to have this kind of percentage uh, you might have to change your plans in function of the people that you have or the people that you can um, hire to do a strategy you, you maybe you have to adapt it to the leadership maturity or the leadership style And maybe you have to take a deep look into um, the culture uh, in the sense that what does this culture support and what doesn't it support. And when you have a strategy, which is always a future-oriented change, you must see where are the obstacles, where are the levers, what helps me, what doesn't help us uh, in terms of strategy execution and build that in your strategy design. Don't come up with something that is so unrealistic that it's bound to fail and people will not believe it and people will come back to their normal stuff, the the, the day-to-day things that they've done before. Anticipate, uh, look for inconsistencies, make them more consistent, um, explain to people um, how you want to uh, go about, involve people in, 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 in translating the strategy into actions and so on and so forth. Um, There's a lot of things you can do, and they sound sometimes very simple, but they're very hard to do uh, because it's very difficult to look with the eyes of a a manager or a leader to your organization and to translate your strategy into the change that you need into that organization. Um, uh, Very often it's underestimated. I'll give you another example, if I may and it's a very typical example in terms of mergers and acquisitions um i've been working with a company that's the product of a merger and the two cultures are so different uh that uh, it's so difficult to merge the people and the operations um on paper it was a perfect merger with complementary business in terms of regions and in terms of products but the people were not very compatible um and so you you suffer a lot after such a transition or such a change uh because of cultural incompatibility and maybe it would have been better to keep the two companies um, uh, in terms of commercial and operations next to one another and have a much more slower uh, integration than they did um so you, you 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 it's always the human aspect of mergers that make a merger fail. Uh, and we still underestimate it because on financial terms, it looks great to do.
0: So uh, if, you, if you're in the middle of this, uh, basically the, the fulcrum of getting this strategy out, what are, the, what are the kind of touch points that you can have to get a sense of whether how, how it's being rolled out, if it's working or not? So. You've got your your team above you, your the the board. You have managers below. You have your team around you. But how can you keep that consistent sense of if you're heading in the right direction?
1: Yeah, well, I think the um, there's two uh, parties that can tell you uh, if you're going to the right direction. As the people that work in your organization, uh, you have to really listen to them um, and and uh, be open for this dissenting voices um, and be open for people who have doubts um, and you do that as early as possible uh, you can come with a, a strategy that is that is finalized and finished but, but sometimes you better have a half finished strategy uh, where you ask for other inputs uh, before you launch it um, and of course in the progress people will tell you how good you are as an organization in implementing it and where you have the, the red spots and the difficult places
0: employee voice then is is critical in this in this in this phase there yeah
1: but employee voice and employee action if you only listen and they cannot do much um, then you have an issue but if you really make a strategy into a cooperation between all parties involved within your organization and you listen to the the people that work on it and you will have to change your strategy um, as you go along. Uh, and if you're willing to do that, you're, you're, you're set. Um, I once had a boss and I said to him, well, this is a strategy. We worked months on it. We'll never implement it. And he was looking at me a bit bewildered because he said, well, why did we work so hard on it? Well, we worked so hard on it to have a starting point. But once we've st- we'll start, we'll have actually a lot of... Um, uh, changes um, because people will see that it doesn't work, or customers will will say um, we don't need it. Or and and regardless of all the preparation and all the analysis you've done beforehand, you will change the strategy. A strategy is never executed as it's been designed on paper, especially if you've designed it um, uh, a bit far away from where reality is is happening. Um, so, so it's employee voice, but it's also it's it's more collaboration with with within the organization that it's that makes it happen. So it's no longer only alignment um, or, flexib- or, or, or or I would say cascading of of objectives. It's not about that. It's more cooperation and flexibility that makes your strategy function. But for that, you you really need to have the culture. And the support of leadership to make that happen. So really, cooperation is, I think, the key. Um, and, and and for cooperation, you need, of course, uh, psychological safety, trust, and stuff like that. And it's it's really cultural divine, uh, defined. Um, the second party that can tell you if you're doing well it's your your customers. Um, um, uh, customer voice then uh, and really listening and collaborating with your customers is also very important and And that's why I always say there's there's always a link between what customers tell you that you're doing and what employees or co or, or coworkers are, are telling you um, to give you an example um, if you want to win in, in many markets you need to be very flexible towards customers, very responsive, uh, very empathic um, and you have to reduce the effort that people need to do to do business with you, but if you have a culture and a structure and processes in place that make uh, it difficult for employees to make exceptions to help customers, they have to ask permission for a lot of things, they have to do a lot of effort to do to help the customer and the customer sees that feels that uh, if you if you call a call center. Uh, people do their best, but often they're not supported by systems and tools and permissions uh, to, to make uh, decisions and so on and so forth. So it's often in the context that you have something that is not uh, consistent, that creates effort for the people and that creates effort for the customer. So listen to both. Listen to the employees, work with them to make it better. Listen to your customers, work with them to make it better
0: fantastic I love I love that feedback I think I don't I'm not entirely sure how many people would would have listen let's listen to our customers to see if our internal uh, changes are working or not um, and that's really one of the the truest truest tests you can have but um, the things that really came through there for me were you know supportive leaders you know obviously you need to have patience a thick skin I suppose because you you, like, you need to listen to to doubts and dissenting voices and, and flexibility was a really big word I think that yeah it came through there rolling out a strategy um thank you so much for your advice on that i think uh because obviously it's 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 fundamental to, to change to have have a have a strategy in place to at least have a starting point i suppose uh, as well which which um i haven't necessarily thought of it as in the past um i see that time is is cracking on but I, i'd really like to get your your views on uh, obviously employee engagement um we're, we're firm firm believers in the output of engagement and and, and how it can positively impact uh a business um obviously you need to be focusing on experiences to drive engagement mm-hmm. but the question i was going to ask you is why are we why are we struggling with engagement still where when when so many people understand its benefits and, and pumping money into it as well um you know what why do you think we're still struggling with it
1: well, I think we expect too much uh, of it. Um, if you look at the the toughest definitions of engagement, then uh, it's about the extra mile, the extra responsibility, the the, the owners, the feeling of ownership. And uh, we must accept that many people. Um, Uh, work for a living, Um, uh, maybe will not go the extra mile, maybe cannot go the extra mile, and so on and so forth. And so if you have percentages of people that are engaged, sometimes your definition is very tough. A lot of people and most people want to do their work well. They want to perform well. They want to be competent and so on and so forth. So I think we sometimes have to be realistic about the definition of engagement. That's the first thing, but that's more a measurement thing. Secondly, um, is that um, uh, sometimes we focus too much on adding uh, energy and motivation Whereas maybe we should be focusing more on making sure people d- do not get disengaged, because the engagement is something that people have. It's it's um. It's a state. It's a psychological feeling of being engaged um, and being motivated, um, and so. But very often we do things in organizations that really demotivate people and reduce the engagement of people, so maybe we should better look at that. Um, and and reduce bad habits, get rid of them, um, make sure that people can thrive uh, as 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 human beings, as as persons, in your organization, um, and 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 so it's it's more about not demotivating rather than adding motivation because there's no one who can do that apart from the people themselves. Uh, you cannot force someone to be to to be motivated, and so we must really. Um, construct experiences, design experiences, uh, and build what the people need to be motivated. And we know what that is, uh, and we know what that is. It's not a rocket science. We know that people want to be competent in what they do. They want to have a certain autonomy and not everyone as much as the other. Um, They want to belong to a bigger purpose. They want to have meaningful work, and they want to have a nice person as a leader. Uh, someone who they can trust, someone who helps them, someone who focuses on the progress that they can make, someone who helps them in their development, and so on and so forth. And you can say, well, if we have all that, we will have uh, engaged people. Well, at least we won't have disengaged people. Um, and so so I think that, w- that must be the focus uh, of what we do. Um, and it's not with surveys, and I, I think they're useful, uh, but it's not the survey itself that will improve the engagement sometimes it's even tricky to do surveys. but it's not about that it's really about interventions in the in the psychological experience of people of their context uh, where they work uh, and if we focus on that uh, we can get a, a long way of course hiring people who have um, a pessimist negative attitude doesn't help well, that's only a small part of the equation. The other part is really the the way that people can uh, work in the context that you offer them as an organization.
0: Um, abs- absolutely. Uh, I'm just, just making some notes there again. I like the interventions of psychological experiences. Um, I think that's been really important. I, I also agree that if you, when you talk around autonomy, belonging, uh, they want to be competent. They want to have a meaning in work and, and, and obviously a manager they get along with, I think it all comes back down to where we started this conversation is focusing on the human side, the the, the human being at work. Um, And I like actually just flipping it, flipping around, you know, focus on the reasons that cause disengagement, uh, to to turn people away from their job and, and and, and wanting to perform and wanting to do better Um, and and, and being realistic around it as well. I think that, you know, all, all really valid points that sometimes get lost. Um, when people get too stuck on the terminology of things rather than actual the people that doing the job. Um, as always, I think it's a great sign where I now just want to uh, grab a beer with you and have speak for hours. Um, <laughs> so is, 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 there anything, is there anything else you'd like to share, you know, looking ahead into 2020, if, if people did one thing at work, you know, what, what would be the one thing you'd love to see people people do more of? Well, I
1: would um, I like to see people um, have more courage um, to deal with difficult uh, situations uh, at work. Um, uh, and I think courage is is, is an important um, quality uh, that people have within organizations. And it's a sad thing to say that they sometimes need it. Um, but um, let's say that if we would like to support uh, people within organizations let's uh, support the courageous who want to make changes for the benefit of the organization and the customers and if we can help them um, that's that's maybe the rebels and the mavericks and the and the people who are maybe not so easy to deal with within an organization well they will make uh, your company better they will make sure that your company uh, progresses and so let's let's applaud those who have the courage to move on and we know it's 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 very often a minority a minority in the organization and so let's let's focus on them
0: well unbelievably well said and um they say safety is in numbers and we're here to try and shine a light on those courageous people um whether you have been recognized by us or listening in Uh, We've got your back and we want to share your stories as well. So you can share them with others internally around the world. So very well put, David. Um, And thank you so much for being a guest finally. Uh, And sorry for the delay in getting getting you on. It was a
1: pleasure. And it was also partly my uh, technological problems that caused this. So thanks (laughs) a lot for listening.
0: Um, And thank you for listening. uh, I, I'm absolutely, it's a great way to start the week for me. I uh, hope it was for you, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, of course. Our conference is on April the 1st in London, June the 11th in New York. We're open for until April the 15th in North America, open for until May, June in, uh, in Africa. And we've got some news coming on Australia and our, and our sister business, the Employee Engagement Alliance too. Thanks again to David and thank you again for listening. We'll 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 be back soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye bye.